0: everybody and welcome back to need more info a podcast exploring the world of movies video games and tv shows i'm your host nate and today i'm joined by guest host Chaz and fergus how are you guys doing today hello i'm good thanks
1: um thank you for having me yet again this week i have been mainly playing steins and just started watching rick and morty series 5 on netflix i think it came out this week or- how are you
0: finding that you know, it's maybe
1: two or three episodes in it's um a lot more extreme than the previous series is. I think they've got quite comfortable with um not getting cancelled now. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. I mean, they did get renewed for like 70 episodes before, didn't they? So if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah, there's a lot of episodes <clears throat> to come yet.
2: Yeah, I'm good, man. Um, The weather's been improving lately, a bit more sunny. So I'm a bit more cheerful from that. Um. And uh in terms of what I'm playing, Rimworld released an update recently, so I am um, suckered back into that uh yet again. Um which is uh always good. And I've only got like hundred and sixty hours, so from what I understand I've barely scratched the surface, but that game, I can see why that game is very uh complex if you get into it. It's good.
0: I uh yeah, so obviously I completed Horizon last week. Um i decided to try dying light Two out a bit more uh i did a, uh I actually d- ended up doing like a lot of recording and figuring out some animation stuff so that was um that was interesting to do you guys have seen a preview of that that took me like five hours to be honest just to figure out a little the mouse moving me tinily. it was
2: it was so weird <laughs> yeah it's looking really cool man um especially the fact that it's an automatic thing when you first showed me i thought you had you know animated it along to our voices so the fact it detects it, it's pretty cool
0: oh yeah no that that was the issue it was just like because it uses vector and i was using P, uh, png so i was just trying to figure that out and i've never really used um adobe animate before so that was interesting but uh my side i finished the expanse
2: oh nice yeah i I still haven't watched the last episode uh so how do they wrap things up like without spoiling I'm, it I'm, how...
0: uh, i uh watch I'll... it
2: first Oh, okay, fair enough. I was going to say, feel, how, do you, how yeah, do you feel about like, the I end? I can't
0: say, I can't say.
2: Okay, all right. yeah,
0: I can't say. I, I've loved the show all the way through, so that's all I'll say. But I can't say about the final episode because, yeah, we had the query about the whole, the little girl storyline. So yeah, we'll you know we'll go for, we'll add that into a conversation probably next week or the week after. Um, outside of that though, people, last week we uh had an interesting topical debate on uh is comic book burnout coming and also a review for the batman and a lovely little extra episode for the batman because we went to go watch it on saturday and james likes to remind us that uh he was the only person that saw the movie all the way through because the rest of us had to actually give into the bathroom break because that movie is three hours long and i will not watch that movie again until it comes at home so i could pause it uh when it comes to comic book burnout though I definitely got into an interesting conversation of you know where each like studio property is going, but also like you know what could possibly, how could they could possibly adapt and how Burnout might not occur. So it was really awesome. You know, make sure you go and listen to it, but also uh, go see the movie and come back to see the Batman review because we also do a spoiler discussion. So this week, people, we're going to be winding our thoughts back to our favorite gaming experiences and you know stuff that may relate to that. And I think it'd be really good to actually you know actually look back because you know gaming really does tie back to people's like lives you know specific events in people's lives they tie into specific things that maybe helped them i'll definitely get into that myself you know special moments that you know they cherish and everything and we'll also be getting up to a quick roundup of the news that would have been nice if the playstation state of play would have happened before we did the recording not two hours after so that's frustrating though we may get into a um few guesses in what they might announce i know they're mainly focusing on the japanese publishers they've said this time so that'll be interesting to see to be honest but yes before we get into that you know we've pretty much uh discussed where, where we're at in the in the week so um let's uh let's dive into the news shall we and um i'm just gonna throw it off about that i usually start with the tv stuff but like f- 10 minutes before we started this podcast. Disney decided to just go here, have the Obi Wan teaser trailer. And honestly, like that, as soon as the music started and it looks stunning. It's only, it's less than two minutes long. And honestly, just. I don't know the fact that they're like having the Inquisitors in there from Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. The underwater base is there from the looks of it from Jedi Fallen Order, which I think is awesome. Like the fact it links to that, and they've got the the twirly lightsaber, which I think's gonna be hilarious. From um, I wonder if they'll fly with the lightsaber because that was an interesting thing from Star Wars Rebels. They actually flew with a lightsaber. Um, but yeah, just the the music pa- is so powerful alone and like yeah i know folks yeah folks you want to hop in because i know you want to say something
1: yes no i've literally just watched it and it is really good like to the point where i might actually subscribe to disney plus to watch it um i got very strong uh star wars episode one vibes from it
2: Yep, same uh,
1: imagine yeah imagine episode one was good a bit prequely and a tv series i think you probably got what that is
0: I mean, like, I, I think it's because of the Tatooine aspect, because obviously, you know, a major part of Phantom Menace is set on Tatooine. But they have said it, it does start on Tatooine and they do leave Tatooine yeah. uh, quite early on. So I'm quite happy with that. And it is six episodes, and it is a limited series, so it's only one series. And I'm like, yeah, that's how you do it. Like, you know, Eternals. Like I said it before, Eternals, the film should have been a limited limited series, in my opinion. Give them six episodes, different time eras, and do that. And I think. Obi Wan is going to have the breathing room to do that, and whereas the Mandalorian and Obi and Boba Fett are setting like stuff up each season, teasing new things. I think the fact that this gun is, going to, is going to be a limited series, they're just going to put it all out there. So obviously Hayden Christensen's c- coming back as Darth Vader, as well as Hugh mcgregor McGregor's in the titular of Obi Wan Kenobi. Joel Edgerton's coming back as Uncle Owen. I don't know if uh, the actress coming back as Aunt Beru's coming back. Um, you see Luke in the teaser, which I think's awesome, and. It's just the inquisitors are still hunting the jedi but they're using the fact that the jedi have to intervene it's just in their nature and trying to you know pull them out and like some of the characters who they're gonna oh yeah just i don't know the fact you gotta wait till may for it and is it? i believe doctor strange and the multiverse of madness is may as well so that's gonna be insane like we got moon knight coming out in a couple of weeks and that yeah just
2: I was just gonna. I might as well jump in and give my two cents because I uh, sneakily watched it before recording as well. Um, I may have said before, but I'm not like a huge Star Wars fan, especially the new stuff. Um, but uh, I do have some good memories of <laughs> the prequel trilogy, at least the first. Well, I guess one, actually, now that I think about it. Um, But yeah, having the Jewel of Fates in there was was really cool. I'm looking forward to seeing um, them bring back um, Ewan McGregor, obviously. Uh, That's probably the main selling point for me. And uh, and like Fergus said, the the Tatooine uh, aesthetic is going to be nice to see again. Um, I'm going to... I probably will give it a go from the trailer. Uh, Looks good enough to uh have a check out and as you said nate six episodes that's nice and condensed um i won't you know wander off and lose my focus hopefully so things like that work pretty good for my uh attention span with these kind of things
0: So, on the tatooine front as well i noticed like just from the shots that tatooine usually appears more orange and more you know like beige and everything and this it seemed had a more gray aesthetic to it like you know it was dark and i could feel that there was an oppression over the shots which i think's really interesting and but no just yeah just wrap it up though yeah for me like revenge of the Sith has always been pretty much one of my favorite star wars things because you know as i've said before the final fight between anakin and obi-wan i still think is one of the greatest fights in cinematic history the fact that they did that over three months of training i'm just wondering because they they have said that there's going to be a rematch in this film and people saying it might close a loophole from the original trilogy and I know there's a fan film online of um, Obi Wan versus Vader on the the Death Star. Someone remade it and intercut the movie, and it's really awesome. And I'm wondering maybe because obviously in the original film the lightsabers were really heavy techni- technically, so they couldn't fight like you know that. So I'm wondering if, if maybe it'll be a blend of um, the fast paced of the original the prequel trilogy and a mix of the uh, other trilogy because technically this is this is only set ten years after i believe i believe it's only set 10 years after a revenge of the Sith, but this is going to be 17 years after the last film so it, it's been a long time coming Bonus here, yeah, people go check out the teaser trailer bs yes, moving on to other movie, movie topics though quickly talking about dc super super pets movie <laughs> just uh, this weird like film coming out based around like crypto the super dog ace the bat hand and all other you know animated creatures from the dc universe and you know having their masters in as well so obviously you know uh john krasinski is voicing superman dwayne johnson is crypto but it seems he's a bit um he's a bit naive in this which i think is really interesting and then kevin hart is ace the bat hound and it was revealed in the new teaser trailer today that keanu reeves is playing batman is voicing batman in this film which i think is hilarious and perfect just another thing to add to his belt yeah i just i don't know i just I think that's absolutely hilarious to be honest. I did see the trailer for this and
1: it's quite a strange idea, really. I mean, probably quite entertaining, but the I'm not very familiar with the like the bat dog and crypto the super hound and stuff. So I mean this is whole new territory. Um so the, re- the relationship between the pets and the humans is it that gonna be interesting, I think, there
0: oh yeah definitely like you know and also it just seems like a fun film you know dc's going in a more darker serious direction with a lot of this stuff but they are course correcting with a lot of their properties as well which i think is really awesome you know go see our batman review for our discussion on that and recent joker movie and we have tons of other stuff coming out but it's just nice that dc has been the king you know a lot of the animated side of comic books and it's nice to see them going light-hearted with this as well like i watched the teen titans go to the movies like movie and it was there's a scene in that movie which is dark as hell it's like batman's parents death and they robin goes uh, I, I can't remember seems basically something dark happened that. i did not expect to see that in a kids animated tv show but yeah it, it's just it was just nice to interest to see that keanu reeves is voicing batman i think it's absolutely hilarious to be honest and thinking about it kind of works it kind of works as well
2: i feel like keanu reeves just sort of like at the moment now he's just like whatever seems fun i'll just do it you know why not let's have a laugh i feel like he's at that stage of his career oh
0: yeah no most most definitely most definitely but yes moving on to the next news item, people florence Pugh is in talks to join dune 2 as princess erlan the emperor's daughter now she's not confirmed to be on the actual film yet but it there's uh, i don't know if it's rumors or it's confirmed that she's in talks to join dune 2 which i think would be very interesting i did a bit of reading up on um the character and she has an interesting uh like link to uh Paul atreus um atreides uh, i believe his last name is um my our friend who's a massive dude fan will butcher me if i get that name incorrectly uh but yeah it's just it's just interesting she's an amazing actress uh and she actually did star in a uh, a movie with timothy Charlemagne um recently uh in the last five years called i believe it was a uh, little women or little people i believe it was that. Basically, it was a recent movie, yeah. So it was a movie called Little Women, and she was in it in, like, 2019 with Timmy for Charlemagne and Mel Streep. And, yeah, interesting casting news. I mean, we've got a bunch of weird news items this week, but this is just one of them.
1: Yeah, it's... Um, it, I, it dep- I'm not familiar enough with Dune to know exactly how the character's going to play in the wider story. So it could go, you know, she becomes the new villain, or she's still the kind of um, little women type woman yeah i'll be interested to see how that goes um i need to read Dune, really but
2: <laughs> yeah i'm looking forward to the second one uh i went into the first movie with basically no expectations outside the memes uh you know from the original and uh i enjoyed it a lot so definitely gonna go see the second one i don't know much about the uh the casting of it but we'll see see how it goes looking forward to that definitely one.
0: i'm definitely seeing it in the cinema i the last oh, one absolutely. i did them um... Yeah. Oh, so
2: right. Still, well, oh yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I said to you, you missed out there. Yeah. yeah well, I they
0: they will definitely. I think when they do one of some of those IMAX days again, and they they will show it in the cinema, and I definitely will be going to. See it. And if anyone's up for going to see it again, I will. You know, I will be trotting along to rewatch it. It's a long movie, to be fair. Well, to, actually, it's not actually as that long not as long but, as batman i don't think no no it's no it's not long it's free it's not three hours that's definitely for sure but yeah going on to the next news item news item though i this this is the one i love the fact that we were talking about this like last week i believe um but i am legend is getting a sequel which i am confused the hell by because if they follow the alternate ending okay if they follow the original ending how the fuck is this going to happen because in the original ending of *I Am Legend*, Will Smith blows up. He gets yeah, a grenade. So
2: spoilers, Nate. God.
0: <laughs> oh, for a two thousand and eight. You know me, I don't yeah. care about spoilers. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, so but so no, so. yeah. And it's uh He's going to be joined by Michael B. Jordan, which I think is really awesome. And so he's been like Will Smith was like you know uh, after a decade, you New know, Will Smith shut down rumors. This is from uh, IndieWire. Um, he joined on to the *I Am Legend* two production because of a story concept from michael b jordan himself and they are both producing akiva Golds- goldsman is uh who wrote the original film is returning to write the sequel uh i'm just wondering how this is going to go to be honest i'm um, because I, I i loved the first one i thought it was an amazing film you know a lot of people didn't like it um it was definitely different than the book because the book is yeah it's definitely interesting to adapt the original book but I just don't know how they're going to do a sequel. I really don't.
2: It, it did have an impact at the time, I Am Legend, um, but it has been quite a few years since that came out. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of traction and what kind of audience this will attract, considering how long it's been out of the public eye, I, I suppose. Um I'll have to see what trailers look like. I'm wondering if it'll be a case of it'll be a, um, it'll be a streaming film.
0: I wonder if they'll do a yeah like a streaming and a cinema film. I think it will fit quite well into the
1: whole post COVID scene. This it's all about isolation and there's everyone's, you know, avoiding all the people and he's on his own for like ninety nine percent of the film. So I think it'll feed quite well into that. Plot wise, I think there's gonna be some major shoehorning and retconning, <laughs> to be honest, to make that work. But um we'll see it's a yeah. good point
2: yeah, yeah. i didn't thought of it from that angle to be honest that might work we'll see yeah i just yeah excellent
0: point fergus excellent point on to the tv news people we've already done obi-wan because we had to get out of the way first because damn right we did but god of war is being eyed by amazon for a tv adaptation and now reps for sony and amazon studios will likely co-produce uh though uh, there's no comment from them and this is from with deadline deadline i believe might have been the one to break the story but um it seems that the series adaptation comes from the ex the expanse creators and executive producers mark ferguson hawk Otsby, and the wheel of time executive producer and showrunner Ra- uh, rafi judkins as well as the sony pictures television and playstation productions which collaborates on all tv series based on playstation games this is directly from deadline i'm just wondering how this will go. I'm wondering if they will start in the Greek era or they'll just skip to what most people know of God of War, like from the sit in the Viking setting. I'm wondering what they'll do there.
1: I think they'll try and get as much mileage out of it as possible. If it's, a, it's a very big property. And if this is the one their first attempts at a TV series, they'll want multiple series out of it. So I'm imagining something akin to chronologically following the games pretty much
0: interesting yeah i'm wondering who they'll cast i know people are just saying just do dwayne johnson and i'm like i was gonna say yeah, that yeah. but it's maybe maybe you might know. want someone a bit younger it's not even that i just think he, he's got a ton of properties out and yeah i'd like i'd like a more unknown to take on the role or a lesser known actor to take on the role or you know give someone more of a chance it'd be interesting discussion to have who you know Maybe we could do a dream casting episode of uh of the show, like dream casting for video games and everything. Who would like to see that? But, uh, be pretty honest to us. But yeah, just um, Amazon seems to be pulling in a lot because I know there's rumors that they're possibly doing a Mass Effect TV show as well. So that that will be um. I mean, they they helped they worked with the Expanse. So
2: yeah, you know, I was gonna say it would have been better if the Expanse creators had done done that. Maybe they are. I don't know. That would be and, cool. Uh,
0: um and they're doing the lord of the rings tv show so i think that's going to be the the driver of showing them because obviously they took on the expanse and uh, you know carried on from sci-fi whereas the lord of the rings is their first big property like from that major ip and obviously playstation studios or playstation games studios is um production sorry a uh, playstation productions is you know pushing these this stuff out because obviously they've got um Twisted Metal coming out, uh, they've got The Last of Us on HBO, they've got the Resident Evil TV series. Um and they they don't seem to be caring which provider they go with. So they've got like um obviously like Last of Us with HBO, uh Twisted Metal is with Peacock and the Resident Evil is with Netflix. So and the fact that God of War will be with um Amazon will be interesting, the fact that they're just bright they don't I think that's a good that is actually a good way to go about it. Don't just stick it to one company give it to the best one who's going to provide the best like you know take on it
1: yeah not putting your eggs in one basket i think and it'll also each of those providers has a different audience so if you want to get people into buying playstations spread your eggs spread your advertising people will be like oh i want to play the
0: whatever tv show game i'll buy a playstation 5 yeah sure definitely yeah definitely definitely right going on to games though uh the halo multiplayer season two arrives may 24th i want to say or you know it it, it arrives in may jesus okay right i just want to point out right obi-wan comes out may 25th i believe or may twenty sixth. this comes out mid-may as well and we have doctor strange in may as well that is going to be a good month
1: it is it is. I'm looking forward to this uh, new season of Halo. Um, I've put nearly 50, 60 hours mostly into the multiplayer for season one already. Um, so season two probably going to be more of the same. Do we know what we're getting for Season 2? Are we talking new maps, new skins, new hats, this sort of
0: uh, thing? I believe there's a new mode. Yep, Ch- Chaz one in my way. T- <laughs> <take a> <laughs> I think he's on this.
2: <laughs> yeah, man, uh, I was looking this up. Uh, so there's going to be some new maps. There's going to be some new game modes. There is a new armor core to work on, unlocking progressions for, which is great. Um, those are the, the main things, I believe, uh, and I'm i'm pretty excited about that actually uh i think one of the big things that halo infinite is lacking is is map variety the maps that are there are pretty great but after playing for 40 50 hours you do start to notice they repeat a lot so that's what we're looking at for halo Reach. Uh, halo Reach, sorry halo infinite
0: i'll be honest with you, i haven't played it in a while now but i think i just there's been so many other games for me to play that i just haven't had the chance to I was actually getting quite good. I was actually getting quite uh, top of the matches, to be honest. I was actually quite shocked. I'm looking for I'm, for, for me though. Obviously, as you guys know, I'm more narrative based. So I'm really interested to see how they continue the story in Halo Infinite. I don't know, Have you completed the campaign yet, Chaz?
2: Yeah, I've just got too stuck on the multiplayer.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. No, uh, yeah, it, it ends in an interesting way, and I'm just wondering how they'll continue. Um, I'm wondering, yeah, if they'll just like rotate around the ring. And when, if that was probably what happened,
1: yeah, it does. Um, it feels like you can continue on the same ring, taking out the same baddies, and some factions may reemerge that you thought you got rid of. I think that's probably how it's going to continue. But I mean, I managed to finish the entire campaign 100% with most collectibles in about 20 hours, which I found a little disappointing. So I'm very much up for more campaign stuff if that's anywhere on the horizon
2: according to this article, there's nothing really campaign wise coming um but there might be uh they mention uh potential online co-op and a future thing i mean this is uh not confirmed or anything but i think that's more what they hope for um I'm just looking at the uh, the game mode stuff actually. Uh King of the Hill is coming back by the looks of it. Something called uh, Last Spartan Standing, which is gonna be a free for all uh, elimination mode, which would be interesting. And then something called uh land grab, which is article speculates might be similar to territories or strongholds. So definitely some more variety coming into uh to infinite. So I'm pretty hyped for this.
1: It's good to hear that Co op may, may come back because I know the community was very disappointed. About the lack of co-op for the single-player campaign, there.
2: As was I. Like for me, uh, especially the older Halos, you know, couch co-op was a was a big thing, and to to take it out feels very not Halo to me. So, would very much like to see that in future uh, updates. Yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah, I I think I'm going to go back because I've heard, if I remember reading correctly, I obviously can't confirm that when this when the new version when the new season comes out, the original Battle Pass won't expire either. So you will be able to continue getting those unlocks which I think is really good to be honest because I do hate when Battle Passes expire and, you know you you just can't do that anymore and yeah I just think it's really good to be honest but yes we are all excited for that uh you guys probably a bit more than myself because you've been playing it more than me I'm definitely going to go back to it because uh, I think there's going to be a bit of a lull now with my narrative heavy narrative games um I'm probably going to finish dying light 2 first and then probably hop back on a halo for a bit and uh, give that more of a go that is the news people, that is the news and what a, what a week it's been for news to be honest. There was so much more else we could have covered but with the time frame we had and with the uh, time of the episode, we thought we'd give you a nice little chunk, especially that Obi-Wan thing which came in at the perfect time, came in at the perfect time. It was uh, yeah it was so good. But yes people, that was the news. An illegal spy agency discovers the theft of a prototype weapon. Derek, codename Confused Llama, and his handler, Frank. Codename Majestic Vole, investigate the theft. A naive man with fanciful notions, Derek sets out on his inept journey to reclaim the weapon from villainous hands, unaware of the hidden tale following him. Enter the world of Confused Llama, A Spy's Tale, a short comedic spy thriller available
1: on Amazon in paperback or Kindle.
0: We are now going to be getting to our main topic of the week, which is our best video game experiences. Now, that is sort of a broad title at times because it could just be a game you played and what you enjoyed, but it also could be, you know, the feeling you had from a game, the 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 emotions you get from. Like, you know, how some people smell something that it makes them gives them a memory of something. When you look at a certain video game scene or hear of a video game, it takes you back to a certain time or it gives you back certain emotions that could happen and stuff that basically links to that which i think is really awesome um again people you know at the end we'll give you the contact details but you maybe send in to us your favorite um gaming experiences what you might what you enjoyed it'd be really awesome to hear what you liked but uh chas how how do you feel like starting us off today dude
2: I want to start off by saying prepare for a lot of nerding out Uh, I'm not sorry (laughs) Uh, but I want to get I want to get out of the way because you guys know one of my memories had to be a Warcraft thing Um, so uh, there's so many good memories i have about wow classic from the announcement itself uh the the crowd in that video is amazing um playing with my friends you know the the week we spent power leveling to level 70 when burning crusade came out but the 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 experience i wanted to bring up and i've not mentioned this before was beating the final boss of uh classic vanilla i.e the base game uh i did this uh a week before burning crusade came out i did this with a group of 40 people who i'd been playing with for months uh the the group effort the coordination and you know it it was immense it took a lot but it was uh something i'm really proud of something i'll cherish uh, and i'm just so glad i got to experience it from basically a second chance because you know i wasn't even playing wow well when that first came out so for me that was a really big deal and uh Something I remember for a long time awesome, excellent man yeah I know i
0: am um, i mean as you know my my main Warcraft contributions is to playing Warcraft three back in the day i am fortunately not get into war uh warcraft, but I know I definitely know your guy's uh time off work with the uh with the uh the wow playing and also uh watching blizzcon uh getting together and watching blizzcon together it's uh it's just nice to see people you know um have that sort of camaraderie with that with this sort of thing and Sometimes you have people just like who don't, pl- you know, who don't play together. They they, they play separately, and then they will talk occasionally about it. But then having a group of people just like dedicated, something comes out. But like, we we are we are getting this shit done. We are we are we are playing through it.
2: And that's the thing. Like when I was originally playing those versions of WoW, I I did have a few friends who I play with, but not that many. But now it's been re-released. I have friends from real life who, you know, enjoyed the game just as much. Uh, as I did back in the day, so it's been really cool to to share that experience and I'm glad you mentioned Blizzcon actually because one of the things I wanted to bring up as well was uh, just seeing the new cinematics come out. Um, that's not classic specific, but like it's the cinematics just give me such feels. Uh, they are amazing and you know some of my friends still quote them to each other to this day so lots of good uh, moments come from Wow classic but uh, or just wow in general, but that's the one I wanted to mention. Ah,
1: so my first one.
2: So imagine uh, 1997,
1: Christmas. uh, I'm about seven years old at this point. Um, I get a Nintendo 64 for Christmas with Super Mario 64. So this is my first ever major gaming experience. Um, I've watched people play Sonic and stuff before... (laughs) Or well, I guess this really changes my life, really. Like it is a really good game. Um, like miles ahead of anything that came before it. And I spent hundreds of hours trying to master this game as like a seven, eight year old. Um I mean, I like you you know you used to do the show and tells at um school and stuff. The thing I would take in <laughs> is the Nintendo sixty
2: four. So <laughs> Just me and my Nintendo. I would bring in PS1 games sometimes for those. <laughs> I had to write my name on a sticker on my covers and ruin several covers, but it was worth it because I got to show off my PS1 games.
1: Yeah, same. I, I think I was pretty much the only person who did that in my school, though I, I was kind of different. <laughs> but it's been re-released uh, on the Switch as part of this limited time deal. So I took spent the entire weekend replaying Super Mario 64 on the Switch, um, and completed it considerably easier than I did when I was seven with that Nintendo 64 controller.
0: Oh, gee, I remember the uh, the Penguin slide, and that was just... I hated it so much.
1: I remember it being so hard at the time. I'm yeah. not sure if that was young or the controller was awkward, but...
0: I still don't that controller, to be honest. I still don't understand that controller to this day, to be honest. I yeah... <sighs>
2: As a a non N sixty four owning kid, I remember looking at it and being like, "What on earth is this?" I'll stick to my DualShock. I remember playing um, Golden Eye on the N sixty
0: four controller, and that that was an experience to say the least. To be honest, yeah, just. But no, I uh, was that was that the part of the pack with the sunsh- Super Mario Sunshine. Uh,
1: Sunshine and Super Mario Galaxy, yes.
0: I unfortunately didn't get those. I I was gonna buy them, but I bought another game, and I was like, "Damn, I should have bought them at the time." And kind of hoping they come back again, I could purchase them because I know um, Super Mario Galaxy and Sunshine are like quite lauded as really good Mario games. So, and I came back to Odyssey. It'd be really nice to play that again, to be honest.
1: Hmm, uh, the Mario games are good. uh Just to mention, we said goldeneye Uh, I can't remember what year it was, maybe my 8th or ninth birthday, was a round-robin GoldenEye multiplayer tournament um, (laughs) on the Nintendo 64. So, um, yeah, I was that kid.
0: (laughs) Honestly, that's awesome to have, to be honest. Awesome to have. For me, I'm going to have to just throw an honourable mention in there quickly, um, because I can't really remember this game fully, but the first game I ever played was Wolfenstein 3D on my granddad's PC on floppy disk and uh, i was the first and i was four or five years old when i played it maybe should not have played wolfenstein 3d when i was that age but i've just thinking to hilarious that that was my introduction to video games and, and i've i've just had a great appreciation for them since um just i don't know it was, it was just weird to see a video game like that and then to think that was my first gaming experience now to where we are today just it's just yeah just it just takes me back to to what it is to be honest
2: I feel like um, growing up with video games as they made what seemed to me, and I think you'd all agree, like really big leaps, like every few years, like the complexity and what they're able to do, I feel like that that really had an impact on on me seeing those uh, developing and, and games just becoming so much more uh i don't know creative and and complex and just so much more interesting it was a good a good time to grow up i think maybe i'm just being nostalgic but i feel like there'll be a lot of that in this chat i think i think is just interesting i think so i'm playing daylight
0: 2 at the moment they've got a secret level where you collect these little uh tiny um ducks d- demon ducks and if you put all five together cross cross these like electric wires to make a pentagram uh you can go into like a doom level and to get like a to get like a, like a secret level and everything try playing it it's fucking difficult uh but yeah no um that, that's just my honorable mention but my um my first mention is um kotor Knights of the Old republic and uh 2003 uh i tried to play this game when it first came out on pc and unfortunately um my granddad's pc had like 750 megabytes of ram and it needed, like, a gig, and the PC just wasn't good enough. And I remember getting the game, like, doing that whole... Honestly, granted, I'd love to play this game, like, convincing your grandparents to buy the game for you and everything. And then I started playing it, and it was a run at, like, five frames a second, and it was, like, the most depressing thing ever because I'd just be seeing all the stuff up till that point. But the thing was, though, is that that Christmas... Um my mum got us my mum got me an Xbox, my brother a GameCube and my sister a like um a PlayStation 2 and a dance mat. And I got Knights of the Republic uh for the Xbox then and that was just my entire Christmas just playing Kotor. I still think that's one of the best game game narratives in any game that the the twist in that game to be honest. Spoilers for the game that's almost 20 years old, people, in three, two, one. 1. But you're playing as darth revan the entire time in that game which i think is insane to be honest like and the fact that that game is still going today in the old republic and it's a continued story you know still linked to that game it's an official canon to that game i think amazing and I, I know everyone's hoping for an official kOTOR event like free eventually because i know we're getting the kotor remake and i will be taking at least three to three days off work to play that because yeah i just yeah, that that's, that game to me is just amazing for what it did and i just love coming from star wars and then going on to that because obviously the prequel trilogy was we were midpoint in the prequel trilogy at that point as well
2: i just wanted to say it's really cool that between yourself and your siblings you suddenly ended up with Comp- almost complete coverage of uh, all the consoles at the time um so that must have been a pretty cool time to to be a uh, a gamer i suppose growing up
0: i mean yeah i mean like you know we, we were actually really lucky to be able to that happen and um i just having that xbox in that I, I, I don't know i believe i got halo 2 the same day so um or or around or soon after that time cuz i believe halo 2 maybe was probably 2004 Um, so it was was near that time but basically yeah just um, having that Xbox and having the ability to play that game and I actually did go but when my PC eventually became better my granddad's PC came back I did go back and play it on that so that's definitely one of my favourite gaming
2: experiences Uh, yeah but um, Chaz what is your next one man? So I thought I better include a more uh, recent example because a lot of mine are quite nostalgic Um, and I wanted to mention uh, beating Hades um so i wanted to bring this up because i don't complete story games that often these days i will either bounce off of them uh or just get distracted with games that don't have a story that don't really end um so hades you know completely uh drew me in the the balance of gameplay and i genuinely was really drawn into what would happen to to hades uh you know with his family and um and and zagreus Uh, And so much so that when the credits did roll, I didn't even realize that that was coming up. It wasn't something I was kind of actively aiming towards. It was just that I was so drawn in that uh, I finished it off. And, you know, that's rare for me these days that a game will draw me in like that. So that's uh, my next pick.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I mean, like, Hades to me, just uh, as as people know from previous episodes, that game is the the bane of my existence. I I got fucking completed it, but I will not play complete it again because I just can't. Because it just took me, yeah, the, getting to that end of that game the first time was just it was just such a satisfaction to actually finish that. Because but then being told you gotta play it nine more times to get the true ending, I was like, no,
2: no. See, see that's what I initially thought, and then somewhere around the fourth, or fifth run through. Uh, to the final boss Uh, it just clicked and I was just like I'm really enjoying the story Uh, you know I'm getting good at this game I'm understanding the systems and yeah uh, after that the ending snuck up on me um, in a good way so it yeah
0: that's awesome it's awesome man Uh, Fergus what about yourself man so after the Nintendo
1: I got heavily into Xbox which I think one of the first games was Halo um so halo uh couch co-op and couch multiplayer up from halo one until whenever they got rid of the couch (laughs) modes four five maybe yeah that 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 completely ruined halo for me but uh, that cemented quite a lot of friendships for me with other kids and sort of like the local area so then would trade games and because of halo multiplayer i got to play a lot more games than i would otherwise buy so ended up playing like a wide variety of you know trade discs and stuff uh for the week but always halo always coming back to halo um no i've been just playing properly just doing like stupid stuff like jumping off rocks or trying to fall through the floor and this sort of stuff get into areas that are not supposed to because you played it so much like we were talking every weekend so after that point like the story just becomes meaningless and you just sort of do your own thing in it right
0: yeah no man um i i remember having land battles like getting like three or four xboxes people in multiple rooms around the house so we couldn't like you know see so we had like four people per room and it's just yeah just the hilarious experiences that just came from that and just you know entire days of just getting snacks and like just just organize that trying to convince your parents to actually take your xbox to another person's house because it was so expensive at the time uh so i actually had to have my granddad drop me off because i didn't want you know because as people know i'm accident prone that does go back a lot further than people realize uh, so they didn't want me you know, dropping my, our Xbox um, off and whatnot. So but yeah, those experiences with Halo were probably some of the best growing up, to be honest. Yeah, I definitely agree there.
2: I'm in a similar boat. Uh, I didn't play as much um, couch co-op as I would have liked or uh, same room multiplayer, though. I do remember being in college and us having a day where we all just bought in consoles. Uh, I don't even know why college was just fun like that uh, and we did some uh some as you said LAN multiplayer between several consoles oh such good memories and that was Halo 1 you know like old school blood gulch and that was uh yeah good stuff and uh yeah I also played a ton of multiplayer with my friends back then uh you know for Halo 3 and Halo Reach so um definitely got a soft spot for Halo and yeah the fact that they took it out of the Coach co- uh, couch co-op off the recent ones was it's very strange to me but always will have the old memories of uh, that on the the classic halos awesome so my next one is a uh, metal gear
0: solid 4 it just i don't know that game to me i've i've always had a weird love for Metal Gear solid like i i always i always saw it as that game i love playing but I don't know when the fuck's going on half the time. But I just love playing it still, and obviously the extremely, extremely long cutscenes, um, which I, I think up until that point I never understood a game could have. Uh, it was the final fight between Snake and uh, Liquid uh, taking over Ocelot. I believe it was that at that point, and just before that, he's crawling through the fire, and the music's going up, and then he fights Liquid. He fights Snake. He fights Liquid on top of this tower, and. Like it goes back to like the previous Metal Gear Solid games and it's tying everything up and the music's roaring up as the fight continues and just like it feels like an end to this entire saga. And it was just so powerful because also that was when I first got the PlayStation 3. Um, so I just bought it. I decided to get it with one of my um, purchases, which was a stupid decision when you first go to university and get that amount of money. But I don't regret it today. That was one of the first games I played. And... I don't know just it was a it was just such an experience to play and it was just it was it was so it was so amazing to see the leap from um playstation 2 to playstation 3 at that time and I've, yeah that was just a game that's all that will always be cemented in my mind because the first place i lived in had like this big bay open windows so that you could either open vertically or horizontally and open it all the way horizontally with the sea air coming in and in the middle of summer playing it and it was just and this big sofa I could sink into for like twelve hours, and it was just, it was just so amazing.
2: I haven't got much experience with Metal Gear itself, but uh, I must say that the way you can remember like the type, you know, the the weather and like the uh, the time of year when you were playing it just cements, you know, how impactful these uh, these moments can be in our memories.
0: I just remember I just
2: remember lugging
0: that PlayStation Three up the hill which was so heavy at the time getting up early going to buy it coming back plugging it in and setting it up and installing and yeah just getting my snacks in and just yeah just it was so it was just so amazing yeah and just it's really interesting how these sorts of experiences do you know do evoke other emotions and other senses as well
2: i've definitely got a few gaming memories where it's like that you know i can remember kind of what the day was like roughly how old i was that kind of thing so you're not alone there Mm. yeah Right, uh, Chaz, let's go on to your next one, man. Cool. So the next one I wanted to talk about was playing through uh, Silent Hill 1 to 4 with my partner. Um, This was just something we decided to sit down and do because we had an interest in the series. uh, And we went, you know, we went full into it. We played at night, we closed the curtains and we just decided to go through the story and, and really figure out what it was about. Um, and we really got immersed and I'll always remember those, uh, especially two and three two because of the story three because I found that very, very creepy. Uh, there was a couple of moments where we literally like had to just stop, you know, it was like 3am and it just freaked us out too much. We were like, Nope, we're done. We're picking it up the next day. Um, And uh, to a lesser extent, 4 as well. That was a bit more frustrating to play through, but I also found the room sections. I'm sure you guys have heard of uh, the bits inside uh, the main character's room. Some of those were really freaky, and uh, I had to watch from behind my eyes as I made my partner play. So, yeah, definitely uh, big memories for that, um, playing through that series, and I'm glad we did it.
0: I never played Silent Hill. I haven't even watched the films either. I've never been... Horror games never used to be my thing. Like, when I was younger, I, like... Resident Evil 3 was my first foray into, like, that sort of genre, to a degree. And that is actually a quick gaming experience for me. Not one of the main ones I want to talk about, but just, like, the whole aspect of realising that Nemesis can come through a window to scare the shit out of you. Still gets me to this day, like, the great gaming experience and always being chased. But, yeah, no, um... I might... I wonder if they'll. I think they'll do another one. I know there's been rumors constantly of like a new Silent Hill game eventually, and. Well,
2: yeah, that's a that's a sore subject, isn't it? I hope they do, but then again, the track record with uh, the ones they developed after four was not great. So, yeah, obviously PT was a thing, uh, and then it wasn't. I don't know. We got some good games out of it. Maybe, uh, maybe it's asking for trouble to want sequels. I do
0: remember pe- people getting in the, you know, in a room together and playing it together, and it was really, it was really good. Uh, <laughs> it was really good.
2: Yeah, I uh, I tried to play it, uh, and I, I I picked up a save uh, after the the room went mad, and the pictures have eyeballs on them and stuff, and I I literally walked out the door, you know, that you started, <laughs> walked back in and just paused the game. I was like, nope, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> There's a there's a reason I, I made my partner pretty much play through them while I watched because I'm I'm really interested in horror games, but I'm pretty bad at playing them, you know, myself.
0: Oh, no, I I used to be the same. I think Until Dawn was my first um, proper horror because I cast Resident Evil 4 as more of an action horror, but not proper horror.
2: Yeah, Resident Evil 4 is, is definitely an action. Great game, though yeah but
0: uh until dawn was my first uh game and then i had a friend watching it and he messaged me afterwards going yep i did that part you let the oh my god you let the dog die and uh oh yeah no that person died at the exact same point for me as well and yeah just um i don't know that game was i've i still need to play the rest of them but because uh, i'm really looking forward to playing them uh, i think i'm gonna when the next one comes out or probably just with the recent one that comes out. But yeah, no, the, those games I'm definitely looking forward to
2: playing. I was uh, going to mention, as an honourable mention, um, Until Dawn as well, because uh, I played that with friends and uh, it's, a, it's a great couch co-op game, which we definitely are lacking these days. So got some good memories on that one too. Yeah, definitely.
1: So my next one, um, as you say, um, it's very much a memory that's kind of linked to a space in time, rather than well, the game itself as well. But um, Portal. Got Portal, the original Portal for Christmas, and spent the next week over Christmas puzzling through it as a family, which I think is the first time that's ever happened for a game, uh, a video game, especially. Um, yeah, I, it was so different as a game to anything else I played at the time. So it was quite a big step in how you th- like thinking with portals, but that was genuinely a stretch for the brain at the time. I definitely remember that being. A feeling um it was quite hard to get I say it was quite relatively young-ish at the time when it came out so it's just uh, yeah so yeah i spending christmas puzzling through portal as a family <laughs> so it was a very strange experience but also very good like um we still come back to portal i think we came back to portal two as well uh following christmas to do the same thing um i don't know any other game we've done it
2: for though when you say your family do you mean like mum, dad siblings i don't know what your yeah mum, like.
1: dad sister yeah so parents have not really taken much interest in video- well mm, yeah they're not really taken a huge amount of interest in video games it's just been something that i do my sister occasionally does but they have always had this must have been xbox Oh, is that Xbox 360. Okay. Yeah, it's this possible. Yeah, so that's this...
2: that's awesome. I've I've actually never had that kind of experience with with my family. So um, it sounds great. Kind of jealous almost. Yeah, I mean for me, uh, my gaming experience, I didn't really
0: tell with my mum or anything or my family. My granddad, I i got the tech side from my grandfather but only because he sort of like got the games from his workmates and those old you know gabriel knight or like those titanic cd games you got or like you know those those weird earthworm gym you know um i tried to play that game with a joystick by the way like a, an airplane joystick that was the worst decision i ever decided to do
2: It was tough enough with a normal controller
0: yeah, I just yeah, just um, I never I never really had uh, experiences with my family apart from you know my siblings, my brother and my sister. But I never really had it, never had it with my family. That's that's really awesome though, Fergus. To be honest, that's that is really awesome.
2: Just because we're talking about this, I want to jump in with a couple very rare moments I had of of gaming with my parents because I'm an only child. Um So the first one uh, I had uh, Warrior Wear Smooth Moves if you guys know that one on the Wii, and for some reason. Of all the games that I ever played, my mum took a massive interest in this one and I was playing it and one time she literally just comes into my room while I'm playing it, takes the controller off of me, it just starts playing it herself. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? I was, I was in the middle of playing this. <laughs> um, the other one somewhat ties into you mentioning Resident Evil uh, before, Nate. Um, my dad's favourite game was actually Resident Evil 4 um, and I used to watch him play that like, for hours, because that's a long game. So, for me, I have good memories of, of that game because of watching my dad, you know, play for it, do New Game Plus, like, unlock everything. So, um, I've played it uh, it myself, but, uh, you know, just the fact that he really got into it brings, you know, good memories of uh, that one as well. No,
0: uh, awesome. That's uh, really great, to be honest. That is really great. Um, so, it's on to me now, if I'm correct. Yes, yes, it's on hmm. to me. Uh, so... Arkham City, uh, the second Batman game um, for, from Rocksteady. Uh, that game to me, um, I got that game. came out the day after my birthday. Uh, I remember waking up, and I remember waking up to my mum. She just walked into my room because she didn't see me the day before, uh, or you know, or I had a day early possibly. She put the box. She put the box down in front of me. And went happy birthday, and it was the collectible edition with the Batman statue and i remember playing that game so i played the first one like in one sitting pretty much like i just played like 12 14 hours and then this one i pretty much did the same thing uh I kind of regretted it at the time because i wanted to you know span it out a bit more <laughs> but just having that game was a really great escape for me and um playing as a birthday gift as well was just a heightened great emotion and i just still remember like playing that game and just how it ended was just amazing and i thought yeah the the open world aspect of arkham city was great just flying around the city compared to asylum um just the the side missions that were included in it just just the sheer scale it shifted from from arkham asylum is just insane and uh, yeah i just i loved that game so much just just loved that game
2: must say it's pretty cool that your uh, mum not only like got you this cool game but she got you like the collector's edition and uh, the right edition as well because I don't know I-, I think I stopped getting games as presents uh when before collector's editions became a massive thing but I'm not sure if my parents would have managed to pick out the correct version so that's pretty cool of her i did kind of she did kind of ask me
0: what i would have liked so i think she just thought of like oh maybe he'll like the statue as well sort of thing so yeah she saw that and you know she thought you know she, uh, she'll get she'll get me it was, it was sort of like you get like a main present and like a few small ones and that was my main gift and i see it was just a great gift to have to be honest and i, I do just remember like l- opening my eyes and my mum's just like put this down. i'm like oh hello <laughs> and yeah i didn't realize what it was until i looked down and just uh just the shock of it to be honest but then just playing the game and I said yeah the the mechanics in the game are brilliant and I can't wait to see what Rocksteady do next with um the uh Suicide Squad game coming out but yeah just Arkham City was amazing
2: I didn't know they were making a Suicide uh, Squad game definitely expect to be hearing about that from you in the future oh yeah they, they've got uh Gotham Knights coming out uh from Mon-
0: uh, Warner Brothers Montreal uh this year who did Arkham Origins, and we got Rocksteady doing Suicide Squad. So yeah, and it's a four-person co-op game. You can play as four people as well. So be really awesome game, to be honest.
2: Uh, Chaz, what, what's your next game, man? Huh? It's not so much a game, but it is related to video games, uh, and that is seeing video games live. Uh, I've seen it three times now. Um, the the previ- the the first two were quite a while ago, um, and you know seeing the halo suits played live uh warcraft sonic earthworm Jim, just all of these games that you know i grew up with that i was the music in games especially games i grew up with are very you know there's a lot of emotion behind them for me they're they're um cemented into my brain so to just see that stuff live was uh it it was just it was awesome and it was it kind of marked a a point where video games were becoming more mainstream and it was like a realisation that, you know, it's something that, you know, it can be a big part of your life. Uh, and a bonus memory, uh, and this is from the last time I saw Video Games Live, which was about three years ago, I want to say, maybe maybe four. Uh, the singer of the Pokemon theme was there. Uh, I forget his name, but the guy who sung the original Pokemon theme. Oh, uh, Jason... Jason yeah i know exactly yeah, yeah he yeah the, the, his name is Jason something but <laughs> We didn't know that that was happening. So he came on, he sung it live and like, you know, minor like kid just came out and uh, just everyone in the audience just went absolutely insane for that. Everybody was singing along to it. You couldn't actually really hear him almost because the audience was so loud. And uh, for some reason they also decided to throw a bunch of beach balls in the crowd. I don't know why, but that was cool too, but uh, yeah definitely got good memories uh associated with video games live and it kind of marked a point where it became like a big uh, a mainstream big part of my life
0: honestly uh i've been to one of them as well what did you go was it when it was at hammersmith
2: oh i can't remember i did one in london one in i want to say like liverpool and then oh, okay another I've... one in london
0: yeah i did one of them in london went my housemate, and yeah he uh, he took me there and it was really awesome to go and he did i believe they, they did castlevania did the pokemon he uh, the, uh jason wasn't there there for my one uh but um they did uh they did castlevania and just seeing the atmosphere like i i've always wanted to go to a like a big orchestral performance and i i do want to go to the royal abbott hall eventually and see either like star wars or superman or like you know they play the music along with the film and i felt it'd be amazing to do and that video game itself was my closest experience so far and just I've all, you know, I'm a mad soundtrack person and I love my soundtracks and just hearing it live. It's such a, when people say it's so different to when you listen to it on, but when you, cause you can feel the music literally when you're there and the power with it. And it, honestly, again, that is an amazing gaming experience because you are evoking the memories of these games, but also literally feeling the music from the games you've played. And when you play those games again, you could go back to that time you listened to the live performance and so it's like feel the music more to a degree.
2: Exactly as you said, the atmosphere is just crazy too. Just to be in the same uh, space as people who, you know, share that that kind of excitement and passion for for those games and uh, those soundtracks is great. Uh, you know what, man? Uh, if it was two thousand and six, I legitimately might have been at that one at Hammersmith. I'm not sure, but it's possible.
0: Yeah, possibly and possibly.
2: Again, there's so much.
0: We've done it so long ago now, but uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. But uh, Fergus, um, what's your next one, man?
1: So, this will be Elder Scrolls Oblivion. So, I tried playing the Elder Scrolls Morrowind, um, enjoyed it, but fundamentally broke the game. Um, so I couldn't get into the narrative. Um, when you first spawn into the game, you get given a package. Uh, that you're supposed to give to some bloke who will give you your first mission. But you can sell that package and not trigger any of the mission pathways. That's what I did, because I was like, I need to buy a sword with this. I'll just sell it. Anyway, after breaking Morrowind, many years later down the line, got a hold of a copy of Elder Scrolls Oblivion, which was a real revelation. I don't think I played anything quite like it before this point. I've been very into the Elder Scrolls series ever since, Um, but just being able to sort of like hanging out with NPCs and just you know chatting to random people and going off and doing quests and making potions and stuff is um, yeah very very it's a very big push forwards in terms of my sort of um, gaming experience I guess.
2: I just want to say. uh... Elder Scrolls Oblivion was my first 360 game that I ever played. I still remember putting up the, the title and having the the music come in. Uh I agree with you. It was it, it felt very different to other things at the time. Um it's actually also the I believe only game I've ever gotten hundred percent of the achievements in. So that's something that tells you how much I played it uh back in the day. I, I unfortunately didn't replay really Oblivion um or Morrowind
0: uh I Skyrim was really my first introduction to Elder Scrolls and because I think my PC at the time again wasn't that powerful to play it and I just think it was a case of my my gaming my gaming my gaming appreciation has evolved over the years as mentioned previous podcasts I never was really into Spyro or Crash or anything like that in the back of the day and I was only I wasn't hugely into RPGs either like I I gained an appreciation when Skyrim and Fallout 3 came about I just think, yeah, those those sorts of games. I'm kind of sad I did miss Oblivion and uh, Morrowind back in the day because I thought they would have been amazing to play.
1: I have been trying to get back into Morrowind. Um, it's not as user-friendly as I remember. So I'm struggling with it a bit. But if they ever really start remastering games, I think Morrowind would be a good place to start.
2: It would be because that game, although it was very influential, it's also those graphics have not aged particularly well um maybe it's just because i didn't play it that much and i don't have a nostalgia for that one but uh that could work a remaster for for morrowind just saying
1: mm.
2: awesome source.
0: my next game is um mass effect 3 uh so i know a lot of people cri- criticize this game for its ending and obviously you know there are critics to be had there but i will go to my deathbed with saying this i think it's the best game in the trilogy um you know i'll agree the ending isn't the strongest but i replayed it this year when when the remastered edition came out or was it like it was this year was it last year anyway um basically i played it when the remastered edition came out and alleged edition and i just loved it it just brought back all the memories playing it and i just think the the fact that you get so connected to these characters over three games and some of the decisions that happen and the characters, like the characters deciding for you in these games and just like the repercussions of that in the soundtrack. Again, music is a big part of these games, to be honest. And like, uh, when, um, um, modern solace, like, uh, he, he, you know, goes and I, I did, you know, I, I up at that point. I, I, lo- I love that. I love that sequence. And I love that there's the final sequence in the game where, uh, you're all charging towards the, um, the reaper, um, lift uh, to, um, and trying to get up and it, it, everything's just blowing up around you and you're just charging forwards and just trying to get to that point and I just remember the, the, the adrenaline of just doing it, like I replayed it, it wasn't as long as I remember, but when I first played it, it felt like a really long running sequence of just trying to get to this beam and I, I don't know I just, I'm just i really looking forward to seeing where they go next, Um, I just think it be really interesting, uh, I still need to re- finish playing Andromeda because I and you know I I feel that that game deserves a, a more a, 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 again another playthrough to to understand it, and I was playing it before the Legendary Edition came out, and uh, I was enjoying it. I was actually really enjoying it. But yeah, I don't know. Just Mass Effect Three for me was I feel the pinnacle of that trilogy. Um, people of the second. People talk about the second one because of the the suicide run of of the you know the game and you know all the decisions you have to make. And but I just yeah I just i love the fact that the third one was a culmination of bringing these characters together and the decisions you've made for all for all the way through the free games for certain characters coming back and yeah just i don't know it was just it was just so amazing to me to be honest it was so good but yes right Chaz, do you want to give us your next game
2: sure thing uh so most of my games or my uh, lists in this have been experiences related to games, but this is a moment in a game, uh, and this is from Halo Reach. Uh, three words: current objective,
0: survive. Oh yes, damn it! I should have put this on my honorable mentions as well. That was so fucking good for a video game, so good. Like honestly, I when you play a video game, you don't expect that sort of sequence to happen. But I, I'll let you continue. Yeah, yeah,
2: you, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> no worries, uh, Yeah. So that that stuck with me um i've played that game for many years um there was a lot of good sequences in that game a lot of desperation Uh, a lot of people went in knowing what happens to reach anyway but um i think because they made that a gameplay sequence it just hit so much harder there's also the doubt that you think to yourself because you're playing it maybe you can survive you know maybe that there's a way out um and then you know the cracks start appearing in your visor the the music and the the atmosphere just the the empty like field of it and it's the the waves of enemies just slowly descending on you and then you realize you know you're not gonna make it and the game will just keep throwing stuff at you until until your character dies it it, it was so impactful to me uh I remember it all these years you know all these years uh have passed was, it still sticks in my head so definitely one i had to mention for this topic
0: and just the uh just the cut scene afterwards where like you see the helmet sort of like with the you know the the ground overgrown it and you know it's aged and you know just i don't know
2: just it's it's awesome and the fact that they well obviously noble six is customizable in that game and the fact that it's your customized helmet that just hits a little harder i think yeah so to me it sort of reminds me of like you know saving Private Ryan to a degree in the sense of you know
0: what's gonna happen in in this film, in the sense of you know they're gonna f- they're probably gonna find him and everything, but like the D Day beach, the 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 final battle sequence in that film and everything and you know how some of these events are gonna go, but it's just some of the actions that occur and you play this Halo game and you you know you're taking um you you're getting to the Pillar of Autumn and then you're staying behind and you're thinking, well, there are other Spartans in the Halo lore so you're thinking, oh maybe this character like got off like on his, like in Massachusetts at the end of like the first Halo, he got off on one ship at the end. Maybe he does do that. And then you realize, oh no, this is, um, this, this is happening. And just trying to fight your way as best as you can. And I'm wondering if in the Halo TV show, because I know it's a separate continuity to a degree, they might visit Reach at one point and show you how Reach got destroyed. And I'm wondering if they'll show you like, you know, maybe they'll show you the incursions in space that occurred during that time because i believe there were fights in in the in space that occurred during the fall of reach as well as the ground battles yeah
2: there's a uh there's actually a level in halo reach where you play um yes one of those that's battles. it
0: yeah yeah the, with the uh what was the ship called
2: uh i think you're just in a little fighter if i remember correctly yeah yeah it was a jet jet space fight yeah it was a uh, pretty awesome to be fair but yeah no that
0: why didn't I think of that game sequence? That was uh, really <laughs>
2: awesome, to be honest, yeah. Honestly, as soon as this uh, topic came up, that was that and, you know, my classic stuff, that was the two things I was like, have to talk about those.
0: Yeah, uh, it's, that's so good, man. Like,
2: I'm so, feel so ashamed I didn't think
0: of that because it was such a good game. And like, honestly, I I'm might I'm, I'm probably have to play that game again because I do I do think it's an amazing game. I think I do need to play all the Halos through again, to be
2: honest, just like at some point. Maybe do yeah. a
0: retrospective.
2: There's a lot of moments in Halo that stick out to me, but that one is the most, I think, at least at the moment. That's the one that I uh, stuck out to my in my head. Agreed, good sir. Uh, definitely agreed.
0: Yeah, and uh, all those characters had such a personality, and I'm hoping that transitions over to the TV show. I'm hoping that does like carry over there. So yeah, it'd be really awesome to see what happens. And yeah, should have picked that. Such a good choice, man. Such a good choice. Uh, Fergus, how are
1: Uh, I have one more um, And this is Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice Uh, A fairly recent edition Uh, So 2017, 2018 Ish Another extremely different gaming experience Um So the, the audio Was done amazingly Um I don't know is, Yeah, I can't really spoil it, but... It, if it, <laughs> but, yeah, I just very short enough to play in maybe a weekend. Um, a lot of it, sort of, the atmosphere and finding out what's going on and some of the battles are quite hard, but doable. And it was just amazing. It was really just amazing. Um, yeah.
2: I uh, Another one that I was considering... Uh, as an honourable mention, um, as you said, Hellblade, so atmospheric, a very um, unique premise, I suppose. Uh, another one I play with my partner, actually, so uh, got some memories there as well. And um, yeah, just the end sequence as well stuck out to me a lot. And uh, I, since you didn't want to spoil it, I, I kind of don't want to say too much, but the... the 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 ty- the the limited death mechanic that it had kept us on edge too um, yeah. yeah great game I, I like to mention this game because um, they coined it double A at the time and I really like uh, the the scope of it I would like to see more games with that kind of scope as you said finishable in a weekend unique premise great vision of the game uh, I would like to see more like that definitely oh, awesome awesome uh, I got two more. Um, my
0: first one uh, before the end is XCOM 2. So I didn't play XCOM 1. Uh, XCOM 2 was my first foray into that series. And uh, we spoke about it on a previous podcast. We uh, go back and watch our uh, Dream Adaptations episode where we go into XCOM, which I which I thought was a really interesting take on that. But for me, XCOM was the game where it, it, it upped the stakes playing a game. It made you feel like you had to you had to be extremely tactful to keep your characters alive though you didn't you know have a audio narrative with these characters you were building up like a specific narrative for like these characters and like trying to keep them alive skill them up and but also you could customize your characters, so i named every character after someone you know I, I knew and i created a whole facebook album of like 27 people i spent like an entire night just customizing the the the, the you know the the images of every person I, I that was in that game and there was i had a facebook memory recently and it i believe it was i thought it was um uh, a friend of ours who survived but it was my housemate that survived at the end where basically he had one bar of health left after the final mission. And I basically like did a whole, you know, American football style, you know, heroic commentary, like of that final battle, like taking out like five enemies grenade, uh, throwing grenades at themselves to take them out. And so obviously the accuracy in that game isn't great. So sometimes you have to just throw a grenade at yourself to, you know, <laughs> and just how Insane, like going into that final mission was, and playing the Starship Troopers music in the final battle. Because I'll always come back to that film. I don't care. I love that film so much for that stuff. And yeah, i just, that, that game was amazing. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Midnight Suns, the Marvel game they're doing. um But I'm, I'm really hoping for an XCOM free eventually. I'd, I'd love an XCOM free, and maybe go into the subterranean, uh, subterranean uh, locations possibly be yeah, it'd be really interesting to see to be honest but yeah that's my uh, last but one game choice i just wanted to ask does that mean everybody died except your uh housemates character yep everybody died and everybody died on that mission that went on that mission everybody died uh rip me yes no uh that was um i i'm, st- I'm still trying to remember like if i actually had like the the screenshots of um actually i could uh, I may have actually taken a picture on my phone just to remember specifically which characters survived on that mission because I think sometimes it's just good to remember certain characters who do that. I've I've probably lost the um lost that now, but basically, yeah, it's just the case of um, when it comes to those sorts of games, I just think it's really awesome how you get so tied to characters, but you, you get tied to it in the sense of when you lose this character, you really do feel losing these characters and I just think that was um that was insane to be honest. But yeah, that was my um that was my last but uh one choice. Uh Chaz, do you have any more?
2: I, I had an honourable mention I suppose. I'll throw that in just quickly. Um and that is just playing the jackbox games with, with friends, uh especially uh when lockdowns were on and there wasn't a lot of social things. I've had a lot of uh fun, drunken times uh playing things like T shirt battle especially and uh I can't remember what it was but the Pokemon type game that they made and oh, oh yeah <laughs> I have I have laughed so hard that I've woken up in the morning and been like I probably really pissed off the neighbours um <laughs> just from being you know so loud at like two AM or something but uh some good memories from those.
0: Oh yeah, no, those were great to be honest. And um yeah i bought a new tablet and i love it i love the fact that i could just connect in like everyone else is drawing with a mouse and i'm just like skillfully going in with my tablet trying to put more detail into my picture
2: me too man me too (laughs) though to be fair like by that time i probably had enough beers that it's kind of counteracted the uh any advantage i had from using a tablet
0: i mean yeah the fact that we we had like a beer counter like a drinks counter as well and we were checking up on it and like there were many drinks had at that point to be honest
2: but yeah, yes, I, I feel like those games helped uh, Lockdown pass a little easier. Uh, oh, God, gotcha. parties and all that.
0: I didn't really go out much before Lockdown because I was, you know, I didn't drink at all. And ironically, I started drinking in Lockdown, but re- re-drinking in Lockdown. And that sort of like helped me gain my social, um, you know, I think I think it was like a nice little gateway to get my, get my social side back. And it's hopefully it's helping to transition into real life as well. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you're definitely like that game, was really great for lockdown to be honest especially for that well we will finish off with my final game and it is a breath of the wild so this is where like you know i I kind of i'm kind of glad i ended on this game to be honest because it's a good way to wrap up like you know experiences and how also they can help people because you know i um i had about a depression um about five years ago like i was really really bad and uh I bought and I got Breath of the Wild uh at that time. And I think having a game where I just literally escaped into a different world just to roam around and I got the Switch and I had had a Nintendo console for years and just I, I just played it for like two weeks straight. I put like hundred and forty hours into that game. Um I didn't realise till halfway through I could have a horse at the beginning. So I was just running around like for like 70 hours in that game until my friend told me I could have a horse and yeah that was interesting to say the least and a friend of ours um saying to me how did you complete all these dungeons like over 100 i believe there's over 100 dungeons in like two weeks and i was like i just i just did it uh i, I you know it's it thanks to jordan actually because um jordan put me onto Fullmetal Male alchemist brotherhood um the, the anime and i watched all of that uh when i was off but also it was that and breath of the world that type that kept me going really and it really did help and i think you know, I actually saw an article one time about someone actually played Breath of the Wild as well, and they had a state of depression or, or, or low mood, and it really helped them. And it, it does just go to show sometimes that people, some sometimes people look at video games in a stigmatizing way of like you know violence or it could bring, have violent triggers, but also you know people need to realize that video games are, are can be a coping mechanism, not in just a bad way, but also a really great way as well. Because sometimes if if someone's got something going on the rise, it's weighing them down so much having these games which can let their mind escape allows their mind to sort of not switch off completely, but allows them to take the pressure off and just think of, like, this interesting world to just explore and just, you know, think about different things and not have to worry so much. And I just think, like, you know, it just really helps that people do that. And it, it definitely really helped me.
2: I was going to say, like, I can relate to that from... Uh, obviously, I mentioned WoW Classic already. Um, for me. That was a great way during lockdown to um occupy my time occupy my mind not think about what was going on and also just a great way to be social um, and connect to people like both friends who i knew played and people i met online um so yeah games can really be helpful in a number of ways um i've one of the things that struck me about video games live and its initial message it's almost out of date now but that's good because their message was, you know, games are not just this nerdy thing. Games are, you know, they can be, like, people can be emotionally invested. People can um, be into the art and the music. And, and, you know, their message was basically just that video games are so much more than what people initially perceived them as. Exactly.
0: You know, people say people can cry at art. People can cry at paintings. People can cry at music. But I've actually had, like, people say to me, why did you cry at that video game? I'm like, because i don't know i just felt some emotional connection to it and that does that does happen and you because you put time into these things you you do get emotionally invested and i don't know what it was with just breath of the world i hadn't played a zelda game since ocarina of time and a friend just recommended it to me just playing it and just like you know having that sort of like um just because if i didn't have that i don't know you know i wouldn't have had much else and i think also i played it in handheld mode which i kind of regret now to be honest i didn't play it on the screen but. I also think playing handheld mode allowed me to keep it close to me and actually pull up really close to my face and like sort of switch everything else out around me. And I think it allowed me to be engrossed by it. And I just think, yeah, it was just traveling that world and seeing everything that was going on, and just like, I don't know, making some meals in a game and like, you know, climbing, like going to these vast distances to see what's over there and intriguing my mind and making me, making me all relaxed. It just really did help, to be honest. And I think that's where where i pretty much wanted to say that people like if you ever you know if having a down time and you do like video games and you feel you have yourself pulled away maybe go back to one of those games that you loved when you were younger and playing that game again and having that sort of like you know that experience you remember and trying to remember that and maybe it can you know give some levity to how things go and maybe you know it can help and that it did for me and maybe it can help for you that's just something that can happen and that just goes to
2: like, you know, gaming experiences in general, to be honest, it, it can really help you. I was going to say this, if there's anything this episode shows, it's that, you know, video games can take you back to different times and maybe better times. So, you know, we've managed to, to speak a lot about our experiences from different points of our lives where, you know, video games were beneficial and memorable to us. So that just sort of goes to prove really. Yeah, definitely. Most definitely
0: but that is it people uh honestly you know if you want to get back to us uh with any of your favorite video game like experiences or stuff that's really helped you get through like tough times any games that helped you give tough times or joyous times you know maybe you met a partner through a video game maybe you know you 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 gained a new life skill for a video game that can happen uh you know you or you just something just really helped you out and you know experiences are adapted in different ways for everyone and i think it's really good to think about that to be honest and it's really good that video games are evolving to that point as well that people are getting so connected in many many different ways and hearing all these different experiences from everyone around you but yes if you want to get in contact with anything about that uh feel free to drop us with any questions or queries or in grounded that or any of our previous podcasts to nmipodcast at outlook.com that's nmipodcast at outlook.com or follow us on twitter and Instagram maybe dropping us a little comment on there at NMI cast that's at NMI cast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, f- and also uh, check us out on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, and now SoundCloud uh, and search for NMI dash when you need more info. That's NMI dash when you need more info. And uh, yeah, feel- and make sure to come back next week as we delve into uh, it's going to be an interesting topic next week. We're going to be get, we're going to be uh, sliding away a bit. We're going to be doing adaptation adaptations slash remakes that disappointed us, and what different approach we'd have wanted to see them take, and what we would have done with them. It's going to be an interesting topic, to say the least. So yes, people, I've been your host, Nate. Thank you to Chaz and Fergus for joining me today. It's been really great having you here, fellas. Thank you for having me. Yeah,
2: thanks, man. It's been fun to uh, get a bit
0: nostalgic. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, everyone. Thank you for listening. You stay safe, everyone. And remember, enjoy those video games and enjoy those experiences. I'm Nate, and I will speak to you later. See you later, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.